Welcome to the new media show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Well, Rob, not 3 o'clock, but 3.07. It took five minutes for the transcoder to get started today so we could stream live. Sometimes the <laughs> price that you pay for going live, sometimes things don't work that great. That's right. right. You know, YouTube was sitting there saying, hey, we're ready. We're ready. That's right. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. We're back at you. And Rob, you know something? What's that? Holy crap. They love people. These big companies, they love spending money. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Man, yeah. you know, of course, Amazon has got a pile of cash. P-I-L-E well, cash. And mm-hmm. they just they just went on another. They went on a buying screen. So between Spotify and Amazon, holy cow. Yeah. Who's you, next? I mean, I mean, Amazon's been... Yeah, they've been running at the podcasting market pretty fast and furious, haven't they? Yeah. Here in a pretty short period of time. So <laughs> it's it, it's impressive. You know, it's Wondery and now it's Art19. And now they're doing some some licensing deals. Yeah. Uh, actually, I might say that the licensing deal for Smartless, um, it was a 60 to $80 million non-exclusive deal. That's right. an interesting change but it's also including ad sales so that that's what's different between that deal and um spotify's deal with joe rogan which yeah. was just a licensing deal but uh spotify supposedly isn't getting any advertising revenue so it, it it's an interesting contrast between all these deals and and these big companies you know lining up uh, deals and if you haven't heard of Smartless, it's basically done by three famous Hollywood actors. Um, right. And once again, indie podcasters are tossed to the curb. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob is considering they got 80 million. You wow. and I, you and I should at least, at least at a minimum, at a minimum, get a million dollars for this show per year. At least yeah, a minimum, a minimum. That's what this, yeah, that's what it's worth, right? Well, Todd, get on that. Get a deal going. <laughs> so let let me see. Let me let me let me uh, just do some quick calculator math here, and, and it's, it's let's uh, let's see how we would work this if we were going to do a deal. So I'm taking the number of subscribers we have, and uh, divide that by a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I multiply that by, let's just say 35 and I times that by how many weeks of the year is there? 52? Yeah. 52 weeks. So I take that evaluation and see we can at least get eight times money, right? Eight times money. So let's, let's say eight times. We're not going to settle for three times revenue right? or four or five. We're going to go for eight, right? We'll go for eight, eight times revenue. And, it's, we can probably support how many ads in this show? Do you think we do an hour and a half? We can probably, probably support do like maybe four, five, four. So like so, that, l- so let's multiply yeah. that. So hey, we almost get there. Eight hundred seventy three thousand dollar valuation on this show if we have four ad spots in. Right. Yeah. So a mil- and hey, 
hundred thousand for you and me just because we're, you know, we're talent on loan from God or whatever we want to call it. So yeah. <laughs> I stole I'll I stole that from Rush Limbaugh. An outline for this <laughs> for that, Todd. I'll, I'll actually create an outline for the show for <laughs> yeah. that. So uh, <laughs> yes, we we could we could ask for a million dollars for this show now. <laughs> you know, if I divide that, if I take that down to. You know, if I take that down to uh, three times revenue, yeah, uh, then I multiply. Let's go to, you know, we might get three hundred k. And how much right. do we earn right now? Zero. <laughs> A big donut. Well, I don't think we're trying very hard either. No, yeah. we're not. We're not at all. And we do no. get a random donation on the PayPal link. So, you know, I think 25 bucks here or there. So <laughs> anyway, wow. So again, they, they so I did. must say that the deal that Amazon did with art 19 is not exactly uh, no, a, not a surprise, a big surprise. And it's mainly because of the, of the relationship that Wondery had with art 19. So, right. and when they acquired Wondery, you know, they got, that relationship with our 19. So yeah, that's what came along with that. So this doesn't surprise me. So entirely. just before everyone leaves us, podcast awards nominations open tomorrow. And actually, if you're watching the website late tonight, <laughs> right? It, it may, it may actually kick a little earlier because, uh, I'm going to, I don't want to stay up to midnight. That's, uh, that's, that's the dealio. So, yeah. Um, but we've had a rush in the last, I sent out an, uh, announcement yesterday to about, uh, about a thousand podcasters and I said, Hey, you haven't registered yet. Now a thousand haven't registered. I wish they would knew, another thousand, but we've had a rush over the last 24 hours. People realize, oops, we're almost ready to go. And, uh, but we will leave the registration open. So you won't, you're not locked out if you don't get in by midnight tonight. Yeah, and I also heard that the the British Podcast Awards are going to be having a in person awards ceremony coming well, up when on you July have, 10th. When you have right. a big sponsor, I think you can probably do that, right? Mm -hmm. You have someone do yeah. a big underwriting. You know, well, I think I think they have multiple sponsors. I I, I believe, so. but yeah, I thought you know things are coming back into the the in-person world. I know I've been working on trying to book some of our guests for the new oh, media show at podcast movement. I've so. seen, I've seen those emails and boy, if we get everyone that we think we might get, it's going to be, we're going to have one heck of a lineup. Yeah. Can we announce so, the one person who's, who has confirmed? Well, actually I have two people that have confirmed. Oh, do we want to announce so, those two or you want to wait? Uh, well, um, we can probably announce both of them since they're both confirmed. Right. So, so uh, we have Danny Pena is going to join us, Hall of Fame podcaster. So he's he's going to fly in really primarily just to do the event with wow. us. So fantastic. So and then a a fellow by the name of um, Bart Rosalini, who is a senior VP of growth at uh, Veritone uh, One. Uh, which is a huge uh, podcast ad ad agency, ad sales agency. Yeah, uh, that's going to join us up on stage. I'm hoping to spike some, 
or um, spark some conversation. Spike. About, yeah, spike um, <laughs> some conversation about what's happening on the buying side of podcasting. So that was the point of that invite. And then having a successful podcaster like Danny up on stage to kind of add, add a little contrast to that too um, is a good thing. And then the other couple of guests that uh, were – we can't announce quite no, yet because they yet. haven't been confirmed yet, but uh, they will add another dimension to the conversation that will be very interesting to have them both on stage at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's close. I think I think it's looking good for both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do. And uh, some I've of been, you will have many questions, at least for one of the – you will have yeah. – that will spark it. I know who's getting all the questions. <laughs> well, and I've been getting a lot of questions from both of these companies, PR yeah, teams. I'll yeah. just put it to you that way. So trying to, so they have an idea of what to expect. So, and yeah. if, if you two companies are watching, Hey, welcome to the show and checking us out doing your due diligence. But yep. yes. So let's just, uh, you know, let's just talk about the last podcast movement. We had what? 600 at our live event. Yep, and then it was streamed live as well, and that's what this one's going to do too. I don't know if it's going to be streamed in a public stream or if it's only going to be streamed just to tickets to the virtual ticket ticket holders only, right? But we will record it and at least have the audio version that will be put out publicly after after the event. So we don't ever ask, you know, they they never demand exclusivity on the content. We we will put it out as a regular episode. Yeah, and I think it would be important to do that. So, especially if we get who we're trying to get up here. And I must mention today, it my daughter's not watching, but today's my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Anna! She's twenty five today. So, mm-hmm. I just yeah, had to throw well, that in that's there. Just, exciting. Yeah, right. That is exciting. It's kind of funny that's because sure. the first text I, you know, I woke up this morning full and well planning on to text her happy birthday, and she had woken up three hours before me, or maybe that when she was going to bed, she says, dad is a reminder. It's my birthday. And I'm like, what's that? What's that? You know, I, I forget a lot of things, but I usually don't forget birthdays. Right. I might forget anniversaries and that kind of stuff, but I forget birthdays. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot. Tom, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if we want to talk a little bit more about the Art 19 deal, but uh, that's that's a that's an interesting acquisition. I know I think a lot of people in the podcasting space, uh, especially independent podcasters, probably aren't that familiar with Art 19 since they've been catering to a certain niche of the podcasting market. I don't know if well, you I, wanted to share your your knowledge of them a little bit. Well, you know they've been a mover and shaker in the space, and they have a lot of. Uh, DAI integration. They do a lot of programmatic. They do host threads. Uh, they do a lot of advertising. So really what Amazon has done here is an acquire of a brand and a platform to be able to do original content if they want and sign deals like they just did to bring right. in big name talent. Now, you know, I, I don't think I have maybe handful of podcasters i've migrated off art 19 but usually i don't get many of their customers coming back um once in a while i don't think i've had too many leave to go there either because it's again it's kind of a it's a it's a platform that i shouldn't say 
caters just to big shows. It doesn't, but the majority of the shows that you know over there are big. Yeah, and they're from usually pretty large podcasting networks or media companies uh, is who their client base is built. And they they hired uh, Lex uh, Friedman from uh, Midroll yep. to run their their ad sales. So, you know, and, and that I, I think kind of built a, you know, a little different model around art 19. Mm-hmm. And so they've been off, able to offer a complete suite of um, services to these larger companies on the podcasting side, which is, I mean, let, let's be honest, Todd, I mean, a lot of the major, major media companies have needed some expertise in helping them sell advertising into podcasts. Uh, I mean, cause a lot of them do have maybe some ad sales people involved in their media companies, but maybe not specific with the talent that's needed or the skills to sell podcast advertising. Right. Yeah. Well, I so. think that, um, the deals rumored to have been more than mid roll too, that they spent more money than what it costs to buy mid roll. And if that's the case. That's uh that's a big number, big payday for that team over there. Yeah. So there wasn't any number. Actually, there hasn't been much information put out about the deal really at all. Yeah, just a so, rumor in one of that it is said to have raised or you know cost them more than what, and I don't remember what the number was for for uh for mid roll. I don't know how much they spent on mid roll. I can't remember. But see, your Amazon is not public, are they? Are they a publicly held company? I oh think yeah, they, yeah. They're so, right. so we'll probably find out at some they point have a down stock. Stock trading price yeah. of like thirty six hundred dollars a share. Oh, that's or something, crazy. Something like that. <laughs> so we'll probably find out in some yeah. SEC filing, but uh, what they paid for them. But regardless, it's you know they have come on like a fire truck in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So it's impressive and they're doing a lot of, a lot of hiring too. I see, you know, they, they're looking to hire people in the podcast. I mean, it's just amazing to me how, how many jobs there are out there now in the podcasting space. There are a lot. There is, there is a lot. And I think that, uh, we keep looking at this, you know, and they keep the major players are being picked off. Clump, clump, clump. Um, you know, what does that mean? What is, how does their model change, um, over time? You know, what does that, doesn't mean for a company like us, I guess time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it'll change. I don't think it has that much of a, of an impact to be kind of honest with you because none of these other mergers and acquisitions have had an impact. Yeah. I think that, you know, the acquisition of Art 19 doesn't dramatically impact the the broader podcasting space. I don't think it does. It's it's a company that was very focused on kind of a niche part of the market. Um, it certainly doesn't. It wasn't necessarily that competitive even to us, Todd. No, uh, it wasn't catering to you know a you know a five dollar hosting account right type of customer. So that's not who who their target audience was or target users were. So, um, so yeah, I mean, having them get sucked up by Amazon doesn't, doesn't really change the dynamics of, uh, the, the podcasting market dramatically. But one thing I'm finding 
And without going into too much detail, because I don't want you to go or someone else go poaching. You know, I've been getting probably over the last month, I probably had four or five meetings with, how do I want to say this without being mean? Um, TV networks that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily on channel 18 in, in a cable lineup. They're, you know, somebody that's in at, you know, 356 and they maybe have two or three, mm-hmm. two or three cable channels. And uh, so we're seeing, at least I'm seeing a lot of television networks now deciding to execute on a podcast strategy and really coming into the conversations, knowing exactly what they want to do, having a very informed, you know, it's not like they're doing exploratory. They said, this is what we do. We do this, 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 and this. We will launch this, this, and this number of shows. We want this and this, and this as features. And, you know, so I'm seeing a lot of that. Now, what's going to be interesting to watch. Oh, and another thing they're doing is we're doing this series, this series, and this series, and we're wrecked or another situation was, We've got the rights to this podcast, this podcast, and this podcast, and we're rolling them into, rolling them up into TV. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Going the other way. Going right. the other way. So I do have some opportunity um, that's presented to me to recommend to them some some shows and some specific genres that might mm-hmm. be a good fit. So people are people are shopping for shows. So you know, if you if you're a podcaster right now. And you fit the genre of content that a certain television network is looking for. You might be primed to moving right into broadcast. So they're they're saying they're looking at podcasts specifically that are doing audio and video. They're doing live, mm-hmm. and they don't care if it's you know if you're sitting around a table. They don't care if you've got a studio you know, they are looking to, you know, bring some new faces and you're not getting prime time. You're not going to get the six o'clock spot, a 30 minute, you know, nothing is you got to hit 30 in a, either 30 or an hour. You got to hit a, those time hacks or 52 minutes or whatever it is, the room for commercials. And they, they're you're looking to see what, what floats and what doesn't. So maybe they put you on at 11 o'clock at night. And you get it, you know, you're on for an hour every, every week for a quarter to see what kind of lift you get. Then maybe you can move down in the time stack if you have popularity. So there's going to be lots of opportunities going forward as people are meshing this media, whereas originally was just audio podcasts. Now it's going to be video and it's going to be TV and, but the, you know, I I don't see this. I see the TV folks doing it more than radio. So when is radio going to start start tapping the podcasting core? I just don't see that happening very much on the radio side. Mm-hmm. Todd, did you see the 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 article and the feature that was talking about how how a a radio guy out of Australia wrote an article saying how uh, podcasting was going to be um, dominated by three minute audio clips in the future? Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Three-minute clips. Well, I, I, his, okay, I'll take that bet. 
his argument was really that um, as these big listening platforms come out with um, you know transcripts and they start applying deep AI technology uh, and machine learning technology to those transcripts, that then they can they can parse out um, segments from shows, <laughs> okay. right, and feature those in search results. And so, you know, but my comment on, on that was, is that it, even if they do that, where would you come up with a fixed number, like three minutes? I mean, those clips are going to be whatever length they need to be to cover that topic. So it's, it's not, mm, it's yeah. Uh, audio burst short really just doesn't have enough value to even. Audio burst is all already yeah. doing this. This is, you know, we've worked right. with audio burst for years and they, they'll take right. a, a, a segment and they'll promote it into a linear stream or a variety of different websites. And it's basically a tease. Yeah, it's a teaser to is. get them back to the original content. And right. that's where you're going to have a three minute tease. You're not going to have three minute episodes. But he, absolutely insane. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Go back to radio. Um, here's well, he's taking them. I mean, if you think about what radio is, radio is usually like three to five minute segments, right? So, you know, my comment back to this, I posted on Twitter was, was that I think this is another one of those examples of radio trying to co-opt podcasting and making what the paradigm has been in radio become what the paradigm is in podcasting. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> is, the DJs short are segment content. Well, the DJs that don't do talk. So the late rush Hannity, right. Laura Ingram, all these other individuals, Leo, all these folks that have done radio, talk radio for years, whether it be tech, whether it be news, whether it be politics or whatever, those shows are widely successful, wildly successful, right. have millions of listeners, and they go for three hours. And sometimes they say the same thing over again the following hour. It just almost sounds like a repeat record sometimes with some of those folks. But or recurring themes, but put on a hit one hundred DJ and make him talk for 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 three hours or hour and a half or forty five minutes. He can do it, but you know he's going to have to come up with his own stick. I, it, right. You know the, yeah. the the most successful short series podcast on the planet today goes right back to a podcast that started near the beginning, and that's Ming Young Fogarty and the Quick and Dirty Tips Networks and doing five-minute podcasts. They are the well, masters. Five to, I, I think they're actually five to eight minutes. Okay, five to eight. Actually, right. That is, and, and there's no intro. There's, you know, hi, how are you doing? This is so-and-so, and boom, into the content. Right. They don't jibber-jabber like we do at the beginning of the show or at the end or in the middle. They stay on, it's scripted. So, yeah. Let, you know, here's my, I've said this to at least 100 radio people, at least mm -hmm. 100. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with a local radio station owner in this town or surrounding town, I better say it that way. And I said, you don't have any local sports. You don't have any you're just, it's, it's, it's nothing that is of community interest. I said, why don't you get a few podcasters to give you 
two or three minute segments that you can feed your show, your, your jocks in the morning to give a little more variety to the content that they're talking to their audience about, you know, whether on the nines, you know, you know, every, you know, every, whatever, you know, it's, I think what these radio stations need to do is start looking at podcasters as a source of potential content where they can take segments and, and feed them into their, to their radio programming. But yeah, Todd, I don't know that he was, he was necessarily talking about original content being three minutes long. I think what he's primarily is linking up the technology of search mm. um, and, and how these big, um, you know, like Google and Spotify and, and potentially Apple could take existing content and parse it out into segments and make those available. He's making this, this claim okay. that he thinks that once that starts to happen, um, a lot more consumption will happen around clips essentially of content and, and as part of the discovery process. So if you look at, I just, I don't agree with him that it's going to be that huge. I, I think it'll be a sampling thing. It'll, it'll certainly grow if they do that. People will consume a five minute piece of Joe Rogan or something like that off of a search. Uh, just as an example, Rob, we've already um, talked about this here and what yeah. Google's potential strategy is. Right. Right. And for those of you that missed it again, there's, there's, there, there's three levels. One search for your show name. That's easy. Number mm -hmm. two, search for an episode content episode, mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. title. And number three, then when the AI gets smart enough to know when I search for, uh, whatever name, let's say, let's call it the alpha, the Acme dynamite company. When I search for the Acme dynamite company and Google knows that I've talked about the Acme dynamite company and bugs bunny on this show, that's going to find that segment and it's going to drop people into the show. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. but it's going to be in a wrapper that says it came from whatever the show name was. This is going to be a huge boon and huge growth. The podcasters is, is that happening now? Just on the very, very edge of the surface. But when Google gets smart enough, when the AI gets smart enough and they can make that core. And we've talked about how podcasters can help themselves for the future by timestamping right. their, their content in, in their show notes, we're going to get Google smart and they're going to find that article from whatever someone has searched. They're going to find that segment, but it's going to be done in a way where it'll be on Google search results. Oh, what happened? Oh, there we go. I, I just popped something up to share with you. I thought you might be entertained by this. You've got to be kidding me. I just came across that. The, the 2021 Radio Today Podcast Awards with Listener will recognize the most innovative individuals or organizations in podcasting from across the Australian media and marketing landscape. Oh, Radio, Australia. Right, Radio right. Today Podcast Awards. Okay. Podcast hosts. Podcast sales. Pod oh my God. Okay. So yeah. again, once again, you've got radio 
co-opting the podcast space. Right. They think, I, I hate to say it, they just do it a little weird down in Australia when it comes to podcasts. How come the Australians don't, how come every, how come the radio folks dominate down there? So you know, that's a question for James Cridland. That's a question for James. Why does the radio folks dominate? How come the indie podcasters down there get run over? That's because there aren't that many indie podcasters down there. Why? Because they're run over <laughs> by, by the culture of, of radio. Radio drives the media culture in Canada, in Australia. Um, I mean, it's the independent podcasting side of in those countries is growing. There's no question about that. Um, but it's, it's predominantly dominated by the, the big radio companies down there. Right. So that's, it's, it's the same thing up in Canada too. Yeah. You know, with the CBC and the BBC and those up there, everybody thinks about that. And to some degree, that's the case here in the U S to some degree. Yeah. It's just that we started with a much stronger independent podcaster community to get started with. But you know, if you think back to the, even the early days of podcasting radio has always been right there, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, They've always seen it as their, their market to, uh, to dominate. Well, in, in Australia, maybe here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, uh, public radio. Oh yeah. Um, I thought it was an interesting announcement that just came out that NPR um, has now signed a podcast distribution deal with Deezer, hmm. which is interesting from the standpoint of, of um, free and open distribution of podcasts uh, doesn't really entirely exist at NPR, does it? Nope. Yep. It's just another example of kind of a radio entity kind of having their own rules for things, right? Yep. Hey, you see a lot of people on live today. Make sure you check in and say hello. Please do that, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, or wherever you may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, uh, I don't, I, I, everyone, everyone's, here's what they, let me find it, see if I've got oh, some money here. Let me see, dig in my pocket. <laughs> let me see what I've got here for, um, I, I've got what's called a Michigan roll. Have you ever heard of a Michigan roll? That's probably hard to put in your back pocket. No, if it's a roll. I, I, yeah, Michigan roll. You know what a Michigan roll is? It's it's all yeah. it's all ones. It's all <laughs> get it, a Michigan roll. <laughs> it's the cheap roll, right? <laughs> so, what it is is the radio people and everyone guesses what they're smelling. They're smelling money. I'm, for those of you listening, I'm waving $1 bills in front right. of my nose and probably, you know, who God knows what's been on that money. But <laughs> I mean, Todd, what are we doing putting out a podcast for free and have it being open and open, open and distributed? We should be charging money for this. Right. We should be doing licensing deals with every platform 
<laughs> and they're going to pay us, you know, a million dollars. So each of these platforms is going right. to pay us a million dollars for our show to yeah. be on their platform. You know, this has been a recurring topic on this show for a long time, right? Rob, 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 what have I been saying here? For this, okay, we have to go back because we, when was, we, we probably talked about this about a year ago. Yeah, we did. Because. Probably every year. Because <laughs> it's an, an example we're giving you, ladies and gentlemen, is you're getting screwed. Your content is being used for free across all these platforms. You get on spot, you're on Spotify, they get your content for free. You get on Pandora, your content's for free. What would happen? Oh, I mean, look at how much they're paying what, the Smartless podcast. What what would happen? Oh, I'm just gonna throw, you know, we better be careful here. We'll be we'll be called revolutionists. We'll be we'll be uh how dare you, you know, do one of these type of numbers. What would happen if 75, 80, 90% of the independent podcaster space say, no, no, thank you, Spotify. No, thank you, iHeart. No, thank you, Pandora. No, thank you, Stitcher. Say, no, thank you. And keep it on maybe, let's say, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Let's just say if they did that. Mm-hmm. And said, then take the content away from them. No one will do this because it's, it's, it's it, people will, I'm going to lose audience. No one for the common good will, because, you know, if you, if, if all the indies pulled all their content off all those platforms, then there wouldn't be so much podcast content to listen to on Spotify. And Spotify would have to pay for more content like they pay music artists, even though they pay them crap. So, yeah. you know, if, if Spotify came to us and said, Todd and Rob, we'd love to license your show on Spotify for $500 a month, I'd say, send me the check. Right? 500 bucks yeah. a month. We're on Spotify already, but if I took it off and they, and they wanted the content back, so we'll give you 500 bucks for the show. And if, if iHeart came to us and said, we want 500 bucks a month, we're not thinking big. We're thinking small numbers. Right. And then if Pandora came and said, well, we'll give you 500 a month for your show to be on our platform. Pretty soon, guess what we have? We have sustainable, a sustainable income mm -hmm. without advertising. Well, you'd probably have to do an advertising. Well, they would, they, that, they would, right? they would wrap advertising around. I'd say, you you know, you wrap it around, right. put, put your own ads in there and, you know, do what mm -hmm. you wish. But podcasters won't, won't, won't do that. And again, you know, when will podcasters, independent podcasters start to get pissed off about their content? Just, and, and this came to my attention. I don't know really didn't have this concept because I, you know, I got in the podcasting space just like you did because open and I could be distributed everywhere and I didn't care where they listened as long as they listen. But as an NAB and this guy came by the booth and he's talking about producing shows and licensing. And I'm like, there's no licensing and podcasting. I kind of laughed at him. I said, it's, it's open free distribution. And he, that individual walked away dumbfounded. How, but that's how, not the case with NPR though. Right? No, no. Because because they're NPR. NPR has what? They have like maybe 40 shows, 40 podcasts. That's all that they produce. 
So what if you and I go out and say, hey, these hundred shows, we're just going to be just like ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. We're going to consolidate mm-hmm. one for all, like the three musketeers, one for all, and basically say, okay, here's our content. You want the package? You got to pay for the package. Just mm-hmm. like ESPN, how they sell when ESP when Disney sells <laughs> ESPN, they don't just sell one channel; they sell fourteen. Right. And and those companies pay big money for that content. And there's some of that stuff. Okay, I, I'm not going to disparage Disney, but some of those channels are probably not so good. But they have to take them because it's part of the package, right? Right. It's a bundle. So how big of a number do we need? Do we need a thousand shows to say we're part of a coalition? You can't have our content unless you license us. And this licensing deal is going to be this much. And then the coalition decides how much of the, because it's just like an advertising deal. You got, you've got, uh, and I'm going to use to create a network of shows. Right. All all lying around the same. Malls, malls are dead, but what did we have in malls? We had a Macy's. We had a Sears, they're out of business. J.C. Penney, out of business. You know, you had these big businesses on the ends. And in, inside, you had all the little stores, right? People right. came to the malls to go to the big stores, but the little stores got the advantage because they people walked through the malls, you know, had a shoe store, had a gaming store, had, had an arcade or whatever. Yeah. So you get eight, nine, ten big shows. They're the anchors. The anchor shows, and then well, you. It's get... always been the case in podcast networks, right, Todd? I well, mean, I mean, look it, it, at uh, Twit and Leo it, Laporte. He's always had like two big sure. anchor shows that have anchored the whole network. But he's never licensed the network for distribution. Mm, yeah, I would say that's true because he's ad supported, so he's right. trying to drive as many viewers right. and listeners that he can. Right. So. If we get off, oh, then maybe this is the maybe this is the exit strategy. So everyone listen here. So we go we collect a hundred thousand indie podcasters that are never going to get a dime from advertisers because advertisers have done this. They flip Tudge, you know what? That's pretty much all of the active podcasters in the medium. <laughs> so you get a hundred thousand. <laughs> You get a hundred thousand indie content creators, right? Now, herding a hundred thousand people is going to be difficult. You know, you think herding twenty cats is bad. Think about a hundred thousand podcasters. But if you could get a hundred thousand podcasters to coalesce under organization, say, "You want our content? You got to pay for the. You got to pay for the package." And a hundred thousand that should be worth. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to you for a billion a year. Or five hundred million. We'll we'll make you a deal. Five hundred million a year mm-hmm. for a hundred thousand shows, and then you take that money. Well, that's just for Spotify. Take tell iHeart you you got to pay two fifty. The whole the whole game changes. Yeah, it's an open space, but guess what? I control my media. Mm-hmm. 
it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Well, I think you have to ask, well, what would the fallout of that be? Would they, maybe they'd, you, maybe they'd, maybe they'd say, screw you. We don't need you. Maybe that, that points them down the path of uh, doing more with exclusive content. They're already and doing we, that. And we create a, uh, a whole bunch of they, they, podcasting YouTubes. They've already made a whole, they've already made a lot of content, second class citizens on their platforms. All these shows that they're licensing, they're promoting the crap out of them. They get mm. banner space where the indie podcasters don't. It's just random finds. People find it. So it's, again, how it's much filler, it's filler it, content to them. Yeah, it, it's, is, right? it is. But guess what? If they're not listening, if those hundred thousand podcasts are no longer on Spotify, guess where, guess what people are listening to instead of podcasts, they're listening to music mm -hmm. and there's not as much added value to be on Spotify because those podcasts aren't there anymore. So where do they go? Listen, they go listen where they, you know, the, the listeners are going to go where the, where the content is. Content's available, right. Oh man, and, bulletproof and Todd, jacket for me. The, the Edison numbers came up showing, I think over this past year, that um, I think it's half of the podcasting market right now is the listeners listen to indie podcasts and, and the other half is from the big networks. So, I mean, that would mean that these big music streaming platforms would basically lose half their their users or half the listeners that would be actively listening to content on their platforms. Rob, if I actually came out and put stand on a podium and tried to recruit podcasters for this, I would be, it would be blasphemy. Well, well, Todd, I think you already have right on the show today. <laughs> I'm this, this is not a new topic, but you go back in the archives. We said the same exact topic before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think it was more about, you know, the discussion that we had at the time about how music artists look at their distribution of their music, right? Right. And comparing that and, and how television creators and oftentimes video creators um, look at their content, right? These, Podcasting is definitely an exception to the rule. Spotify and these companies are getting a free ride. Free ride. Free ride. Okay, so you go look at your Spotify count. You go look at your iHeart count. Go look at your Pandora count. For some shows, it's going to be less than others or more than others. But what if you tell, hey, I'm leaving Spotify. Spotify listeners. The only place you're going to be able to get me going forward is either on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever we choose. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the independentpodcasternetwork.com platform. Well, Todd, I think we talked about it too, but just to refresh people, um, and I think Joe Rogan's a very good example of what we're talking about here. Um, he was not available off of Spotify before he did that deal. That deal put him on Spotify. Right. Just like what NPR just did with putting their podcasts on Deezer. Yep. So you're seeing a common thread there of of those content creators valuing their content and seeing an a business opportunity there. And the rest of us have been like 
dogs and our tails wagging. Oh, let's go get on Spotify. Oh, let's go get well, on this platform. Oh, let's go get over here. Well, Todd, I, th- <laughs> I still think that, that the same issues still apply, right? I, I think shows that are high quality, well-produced, um, have value with audiences. Those are, those are the shows that are probably sitting in a good position to negotiate some sort of a licensing deal. But they're you know, giving I mean, it away right now. Right. I think that the shows, the, the three million shows out there that have one or two episodes, they're, 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 there's not a lot to negotiate no, there. No, no, no. There's so. nothing there. <laughs> but there are, there are 400,000 shows, which 95 or 96% of them probably do have something to offer as a collective. This, you know, I mean, th- what I'm talking about here is a major shift. Oh, would be a major shift. Mm-hmm. And if it got any ground movement, I'm serious about the bulletproof vest. Well, I don't even know how you would pull it off, really. Well, you'd have to have someone come in with a billion dollars or venture capital. Maybe not that much. Someone's going to have to fund it for a couple of years while we we coalesce the podcasters into yeah. a consortium. So that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some VC that really wants to screw the man. And the man being all these big podcast distribution points. I just gave someone a billion dollar podcast idea, or we just did. We want our 10% consulting fee, please. Or if you're a V, if you're, if you're a VC and you're listening to this, Rob and I want to, we want to talk to you. Of course, our prospective companies may not be happy about that, but you know, right. Right. (laughs) That's that's the other part of the right, equation, right? Right. But at the same time, and not all shows are going to want to do it. Which, no, uh, no. Puts it in. You have to you have know, volume. That's yeah, why. I mean, if you're in, well, I mean, it's a it's a catch twenty two situation, right? If you do this, you might cut down on your your revenue opportunities on the advertising side. So in the short run. But right? again, if if ninety seven percent of the podcasts out there are not getting monetized. What's to lose? No. You know, it, yeah. it, if someone come in with a big pile, a dump, du- a dump truck full of cash, and I told an independent podcast creator, let's say he's got 5,000 listeners per episode. It's not monetizing. And I say, I'm going to pay you 250 bucks a month to not be on one, two, three poor platforms. You come over here, bring your content. Mm-hmm. And you just stay maybe in, we don't want to kill the shows, So we keep them in, you know, some of the spots that are not being predators in the space. And we put the shows there and then get enough volume. Again, this is where you're going to need enough money to make this deal work. And then maybe, and that's why VCs have risk factors. Maybe Spotify comes and maybe Pandora or maybe iHeart comes and say, hey, we like your 1,000, 2,000, 50,000 shows. We want to license it. <laughs> and we say, okay, come on. 
let's do let's do the dance. And I there's there's potential there, but again, you ha, you you got to have you got to front load it with a lot of money to make podcasters to leave certain platforms, and you you have to make it so the content's still open. You can't change the openness of the space. You still have to allow. You just say these are distribution points you can't be on, but you can be everywhere else. You can have an open RSS feed. You can have people can subscribe on whether whatever app they want. And because you can't manually add an RSS feed on Spotify, well, <laughs> um, maybe that's how they would counter. Maybe they'd come and say, okay, these shows aren't over here, but if you get their feed, you can drop it and still listen to Spotify. That's maybe how Spotify would do the end around. But if you tell them no, put a block on them, mm-hmm. you know, pretty easy to block some scrapers. So I don't know. No. Again, I'm talking crazy here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, tough topic. Um, it's not a tough topic, but it is, it's, it's, to me, it's like evolutionary. It's revolutionary again. Let's, let's, let's shake the space up. I would definitely do that. (laughs) We just need someone, we we need a, someone with a big pile of cash. Now they could really, here's what could really happen. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Amazon could say, all right, we're going to throw 500 million at this every year. And we're going to give 50,000 podcasters a little smack of money and say, you, your show gets produced here first. It's released here. And then it goes out publicly a week later. They could change the whole dynamic with a, with a check, right? And believe me, they've got the cash to do it. And it's just a rounding error. Well, Todd, if you think about it from a competitive perspective, we're getting in a situation where the, it's a very competitive landscape out yeah. there for listeners. Yeah. Right? Uh, you think about all these big companies all vying for users, mm-hmm. right? And you think about, let's say, 100,000 podcasters binding, you know, working together to limit and license their distribution of their shows. Right. Whoever is willing to do the deal gets the content and gets the, the listeners don't right. And they get the right. listeners. Right. So, you know, there's a little bit of competitive motivation there to do a deal. Right. If you walk away from that deal, guess what? Your, your content catalog whittles down to just your exclusive shows mm-hmm. or your originally produced programs. Or and some maybe some some free shows that are not part of that ag- ag- aggregated licensing deal, right? Yeah, which puts you in a competitive disadvantage in the market. It is something to consider. Yeah, Todd at Blueberry dot com. I don't know that we're <laughs> going to talk about it on stage at uh, in podcast movement, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. You know, it's an idea. It is an idea. It is an idea. Anybody the further, the further we get into this and the more competitive it is on a global scale, the more viable it is. Right. It is. 
There's a lot of podcasters that listen to this show. Have I hit a nerve? Rob and I hit a nerve today. I guess thinking about yeah. this going, damn. I get my content for free. I'm getting nothing. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Advertisers aren't paying attention to me because I don't have 10,000 plus listeners per episode. Hmm. Hmm. I've got an audience that loves me and is supporting and they, they, I got great engagement. Hmm. <laughs> Do we have a reason for a uh, podcast association now, Todd? Podcast association won't do this. It could. Oh, it could. But, oh, yeah, maybe. But again, let's let's be frank here. <laughs> what we're talking about potentially is real dollars. And agendas, this, see, this, this, I don't think this is possible. I think this has to be a private, private enterprise thing because I, I don't know. I just don't think the, the bylaws would have to be really, really be very, very careful in order to protect the, the shows. There'd have to be strong bylaws in place that wouldn't turn this into, you know, mm -hmm. someone's retirement plan. Yeah. It has to be something that, takes care of the creators. If you know if you're going to form a podcast organization that would do this and raise enough hell, because I'm going to tell you, you start, you know, there's a few people that are listening to this thinking, Hmm, what, what would happen? Yeah. How long would it take? Two years, three years? Hmm. I don't know. And how much, how much money would it take to convince podcasters well, that right and if they're not making any money now what's the risk well and who qualifies to be involved is right that's true that's, that's true that, that's a difficult one well i think too is in order to i i don't think so i don't think so i think it's uh it more that you win in volume yeah, I there should be that. there should be no restriction if the person has a hundred people that listens to a show, and and yeah. and he's doing yeah, it. Todd, I don't think that that the the listening platforms are going to value a show that more than likely a show that's only produced once every ninety days. But, but if there is a hundred thousand shows, right, with those all, the it, show is. if they're all, in, you know, it runs the gamut. Right. It depends on what the show is. It could be uh it could be a short series too. It could be a 13 episode storytelling program, right? That has long-term value, just like so, an audiobook has. Right? So if there was let's say there was a hundred anchors. I hate to we shouldn't use that word. <laughs> right. Um the let's say there's a hundred um key player shows. Right. All right. And you have 900 other shows that are, you know, like this show. Right. Okay. And they have a good, good, good size audience. Yeah. They're not huge. Right? Yeah, again, again, so, we don't right. care what the, the 900, we don't care what the size of them are. Right. We don't care. We don't care if they got 10 or a thousand or 2000 or 5,000 listeners, but we need 
at least a hundred shows that are, you know, moving some traffic. But won't, uh, won't the listening platforms, um, have that criteria? No, the size you, of the shows? no, because what you do is it's just like ESPN and Disney. You right. want it. You have to buy it all. Right. You right. can't, you, you, you can't have you one. Can't, can't cherry pick. You can't cherry pick. You want them. You got to buy the package. And here's what the right. package costs. Right. If you want those hundred that are front line and those 900, 900 others, that is the channel 862 on cable. So what would the, the pathway be? So let, let's say you're a new show creator and you launch, right? Um, you don't get automatically added to this package. Why not? Licensed, right? Why not? Don't you have to apply. Why not? Well, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, you, you have to apply. Why? Because the entity has to represent you to the, to the, uh, listening platforms. Rob, Spotify only really cares about the frontline shows. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. So you, that you, you, one come all, all come. Right. You know, and the, you know, maybe there has to be, you know, you have to produce a show once a week or there has yeah, to be, some, you be know, some something, baseline of, some baseline. Maybe you right. have to produce seven episodes or 10 before you can join or whatever, some, you know, whatever the requirements is, but it should be real low. Yeah. And then well, as low as you can push it, as low as you can push it, get, get acceptance, you know, and understand that this is a play to get a massive number of shows to go now what okay so let's then the podcaster's going to say well what is in it for me well it's going to be a distribution model of money based upon show size and you're not going to you're not going to be prevented from doing advertising deals you can still do advertising deals on your own if you get one this is just basically this this all this is is a distribution deal disney still runs and ESPN still runs advertising in their content. And guess what? They get paid for that advertising. That doesn't go to the cable company. The cable company might get a spot or two. Well, can a, a, a larger network like an ESPN or, uh, or a, a Vox Media tie into this as well? Why aren't they doing this already themselves? They're big enough. If I was, if I, if, 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 so this may not be just for smaller shows. This no. could be a package that, um, larger networks take advantage but, of but, too. But ESPN can do that deal on their own. Disney can go out and say, you're no longer getting ESPN shows on Spotify. But I don't think they are currently. If someone, go, someone should go maybe look. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. If, if they're not, then that maybe they're waiting for us a, a deal, but. That's what I would, if I was, if I, if I had a big network of heavy hitter shows, psh, dude, just like NPR did. NPR's smart. I don't know what they got in money. Who cares? There's no additional lift. Here's the beauty of it. The NPR stuff is going. It's, it, it's accessible. There was no lift on NPR's part to put that content on Deezer. Here's our RSS feeds. Go ahead and pull them. There's no lift. There's only now NPR can say, all right, 5% is going to Deezer. So we, we can bill five more percent 
advertising revenue to our advertising companies. And guess what? We get money for Deezer because they want the content. Well, the listening platforms are going to want something in exchange. No. Access what they, to be able to sell advertising. Well, what they, what, yeah, uh, around it. Right. But what you get is the content. You know, I'm Disney, I'm sure, says to, you know, you watch it during the Super Bowl. You have two or three advertisements from the local broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's the rest of it's the network ads. So, you know, if, as long as you're paying for the content, you, you can go ahead and run a pre-roll or post or wherever you want to place it. And I'm right. still going to advertise in my content. You're not going to have, you're not getting a, a dime of that. No, you, you can work the deal any way you want. Just depends on how strong of a package you have to sell. Right. Why does, why do, why does, um, Google TV had to drop 10 or 12 channels because they couldn't get the deal done for the licensing of that content. And they had to remove that from their package and it lowered the value of Google TV for a period of time until they were able to sign that deal to get that content back on there. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, with modernized podcasts, we're all idiots. We were giving stuff away. Yeah. In the early, okay. And why are we talking about this? Because things have changed. If the advertising dollars had rolled down into the smaller shows, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion. If the media buyers had paid attention to the 95, 96, 97% shows that aren't being monetized. Right. We, we wouldn't have this conversation because everyone would be getting earnings from their podcast through ad mm-hmm. revenue. But the ad buyers have been cherry picking on the media. Cherry picking. And that's what this is really all about. It's about cherry picking. Yeah. We're, we're only picking the, the most popular and the ones that are going to benefit us the most. So there was a discussion you and I were involved in at NAB that sticks in my mind anytime I'm talking about this particular topic. Do you remember who we were talking to? Mm. We are talking to Lisa. Oh, yeah, right. All right. And who we're talking to is Leo Laporte's significant other. I think they're married, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about advertising deals. And I was pissed off at the time because I'd had an ad deal come through and I, you know, run, did the work. And then the media buyer came back and cherry picked shows and I, I was pissed. And she said, mm-hmm. let them be pissed. I don't sell it to them. They take the whole thing or they take nothing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I'd never throw the hammer down like that before. I'd never taken it back. But when you do that, you have to tell all those shows that are involved with, hey, we're we're in this fight together. Don't any of you do a one-off with this company because. You're going to lose your, your bargaining power, right? We want this 
So you have to have some sort of an agreement in place. Now, in it, in when it comes to advertising, this is not even, this is distribution. This is not advertising. So there is no, if people are watching on Facebook, there's no comments. Who, who, who's, who's watching right now? That, that's what I want to know. Who's watching right now? You guys are not saying anything. When it's silent like this on the stream, how many people are watching on YouTube? Wow. We got a bunch of people watching on YouTube. They all have their mouse on the, on the table, Todd. No, no, they don't. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But okay. So I mean, it is a ground. I mean, it is a real revolutionary thought that the industry could head that way. Yeah. Todd at blueberry.com. <laughs> Does that uh, compromise the open nope. open aspects of the nope. medium? Nope. Because guess okay. what? Podcasters have the ultimate choice on where they want their media to be. I know people today that don't want to be on Spotify. I know people today that don't want to be on iHeart. They purposely choose not to have their shows over there but they can have them everywhere else. Right. So, but if you agree with a coalition and say, and you have to have a target, (laughs) you know, you gotta, you gotta have a target. You gotta say, okay, we're internal, internally, we're going to, maybe we're going to still stay on iHeart. We're going to stay on Amazon, but all the rest of the shows, we're going to, we're going to pull them from Spotify. And then we're going to go for the distribution deal. Hmm. If we can get them to sign, then we pull out of another network. And, but that's, like I said, herding cats. And you got to have enough people that are of, well, quite frankly, get pissed off enough or, want to be like the early days of podcasting where we stick it to the man. (laughs) Well, we're, we're trying to partner our way to success here, Todd, aren't we? Well, I, I, there's something here. The question is. Yeah. When, when and how does it get started is the question. And how do we bring everybody along as many as we can? That's a hard, hard question. Right. Because ultimately shows that are big enough are going to be able to do their own deals. Mm -hmm. Like they're already starting to. Mm -hmm. If, if, I, you know, if, if you've got a show that's, you know, but the shows they're talking, you know, like this show they did, Amazon that did that deal with a, that show was supposedly getting 3 million listens or downloads an episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's measuring them, but. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. I can go look really quick, see what I can find out. Oh, probably Art19. Let's see. So, again, are we just being 
Are we just being old curmudgeons here or is there something here? Yeah, it's a good question, Todd. So I'm sure we're going to hear some commentary about this. But I really don't think it works without a big pile of cash to incentivize it in the early days to mm -hmm. get enough to get enough people, to get enough enough shows. And here's the problem too. Is it the, the deals have to be flexible enough to we know that people quit podcasting. You know, so you know, what do you tell if there's 5,000 shows in this coalition? We say, hey, you can't quit for the next two years <laughs> or the next year. Or there has to be provisions in there where we Yeah, you have to be a serious cut. I mean, I mean, you, if you're going to license your content, you, you have to commit. You have to commit, yeah. And that's also one of the... That's will be very well, hard. Very hard because One of the limitations on participation, I think to some degree is that some people may not want to make that kind of commitment because you're going to have to have at least a one year commitment, maybe as much as three. And you're going to have to, because if you're counted on, you know, you, you we've rolled it all, you, all everyone's numbers up mm -hmm. and said, okay, we're bringing you 500 million downloads or 500 million, you know, this is what this is delivering outside of your network. Right. And, and you know, they, they're going to do their internal math and they're going to say, well, that probably equates to 50 million on my platform per month or whatever it may be, whatever their percentage is. But then again, if you look at the global consumption numbers, Mm-hmm. Spotify, Amazon, they're, they're not making much of a dent. Percentage-wise. It's, it's still dominated by Spotify and, and Apple. Well, I, Spotify, I don't know. I, don't, I think, I don't see Spotify numbers going up. So... They're making big announcements, making big splashes in news, but is it really equating to more listeners for podcasters? I, I don't know. I don't think so. For the majority of shows, it's not. There are some that have heavy Spotify audiences. Mm -hmm. But again, we're not in, you know, this show is not in the demo of a Spotify listener. Well, that's true. So there's that dynamic as well. But we're on Spotify. We get our 10 or 15 downloads off Spotify, whatever it is. Yeah. I haven't been able to figure out where that, that SmartList podcast is being hosted. Hmm. They've got it pr pretty much buried in the code. I mean, I could probably, if I looked in Apple, I might be able to find it. We get it. their RSS feed you should be able to see. Yeah, they don't make the RSS feed available. What? Off of their well, their website. You, you, I've got a little tool that does a little lookup thing. We can get their, you give me their Apple ID, I can get their, uh, their RSS feed. Yeah. Can go, oh yeah. Yeah, so Rob, go ahead and give me their, uh, 
Do you know what they're? Let me look here. Or iTunes. It's uh. Give me a number. It looks like one five two. One five seven. Yep. Eight eight six eight. All right. Let me do the lookup. Uh, they're being served by Simplecast. Simplecast. Okay. And let me uh, load that feed. And let me search for MP3. Okay, so yeah, it's it's being fed by uh, Simplecast. Simplecast is their host. Yeah, and and who owns Simplecast? <laughs> Go ahead and enlighten our audience. I believe it's SiriusXM, right? I think so too. <laughs> I think that's what, did, yeah, they, did they get bought? Yeah, I think so. Yep. <laughs> so that's, a little, little yeah. little conflict there, yeah. So probably not for much longer. Probably not. I have a feeling that they're going to wind up being on Art 19. Probably, um. So, Todd, I'm going to be speaking at a new podcasting conference um, called Podlines uh, PodCon in um, in the Middle East coming up next week. Yeah, they texted me on LinkedIn looking for my email, and but I mm-hmm. I was about a week late responding to them, so maybe they've already filled their speaking thing. Well, they're they're kind of running at this a little bit hot oh. right now, so they're. I still don't have my speaking time yet, so. Well, I'll keep an eye out for their email. I've got a, I've got a few presentations in the can, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The Middle East podcasting thing is heating up. Yeah. It's called uh, Podlines, uh, and they're calling the event PodCon which mm. I thought was interesting. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it's on July 7th. Um, it's going to be in kind of, you know, a time zone that's kind of not ideal for consumption here in the U S but what time th- of the I day believe, do you have to be uh, up to do it? Well, they're like, what are they like seven, eight hours ahead of us? Uh, what country? I don't, uh, I think they're Dubai or something like oh, that. I'm I not think really it's... sure which, which country that is. Let's see here. What time is it in Dubai? So it's right that that time zone. They're GMT right. plus four, so it's twelve twenty-two a.m. right now there. Okay. So they're on Eastern. They're eight hours ahead of us. Yeah, I figured they they were at least eight hours ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds like a three o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning thing for. Ouch. Yep. Yep. So July 7th is actually in there. They're a day ahead. So we'll run it pretty much a day ahead. Yeah. Hmm. No. So that would be on the sixth. Our time. Yeah. Sixth in the morning. Depending on what time the conference is. So. Right. I'm so used to going the other way, going to Asia, my brain all, yeah. you know, and actually to think right. about it, that's not that many time zones. That's not, not that much different. 
<laughs> you know, it's only it's only oh. eight hours. It's like twelve or thirteen hours to Japan difference. It's just you know, it's literally flip your clock. You know, it's right. from the East Coast. Not so bad from Hawaii, but um, definitely a harder harder thing to do. Well, anyway, we we've, we've covered an interesting topic today. Yeah, we did. How should I title the show? Do we is is it time for a revolution in podcast distribution? Podcast revolution? No, no, just uh, I I don't know. I can't think of what that title might be, but got it. It's like got to be some sort of clickbait, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe so, the audience can come up with a good title for the uh, for the show. And I do apologize. The last episode was woefully late getting out, uh, but it is out. Okay. So, Sounds huh? Good. Boy, we've we've set ourselves up here. You know, and you yeah. went, we probably picked a wrong show to talk about distribution, and uh, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. We, we will not be talking about this at Podcast Movement. No, we won't be. <laughs> right. So, and um, I also heard that uh, Clubhouse ha- has added um, its own internal messaging system that's, I don't think it's been rolled out. It's called Back Channel. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that, Todd. Mm-mm. So, audience members are, are going to be able to talk to each other. Oh. directly. Hmm. Will you right be able to do, will you be able to do guest screening with this back channel thing? It's an interesting question. I'm not sure. That would be really good if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm back to doing something, at least one session over there every week. So. Wow. Is the crowd still there? Yeah. There's still, still a lot of people there. The, was it the club pod community over there mm-hmm. uh, surpassed podcast movements following size over there? I think they're at like 45,000 people that's, or that's something. Impressive. Like that. Yeah. So, how are they monetizing that? I don't know. I'm not sure if, if they are. You get so, 45,000 people following a specific group. That's. Steve, how are you monetizing that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I mean, we're both part of that. Right, right. Hosting. I think I was a tag along because of you. Right. (laughs) And I did create a a group last week, but I haven't done anything with it since. So, or whatever they call it over there, channel or Mm -hmm. club. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big, big community. So, you know, there's a lot of work going into a podcast movement too. I know we're, we're trying to organize and get stuff pulled together and get materials made and booth materials pulled together. And so things are heating up pretty fast over there. So what are you guys doing, Rob? What do you guys say? Anything special? Just, just trying to update all, all the materials mm. and get, get, get the booth banners and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, cause we did acquire three companies, so that that's going to add another layer. <laughs> oh my God. How, how many people have at the booth? 20? 
Mm, I don't think we have that many. I think we're going to have to space people out quite a bit. So, so there's not going to be as many people there. You guys got a 20 foot booth or 10? 20. Yeah. 20. And then the, the advertised cast folks have their own booth out in the main hallway. Oh, okay. Wow. So there's going to be two, two, two different locations. That'll be interesting so. how that split, split that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll, so. we'll, we'll make sure we know. Uh, well, anyway, I think it's going to be fun no matter what. It's going to be and good to the, get back. The podcast Academy is uh, having a party that we're hosting um, on Wednesday night. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. From hmm. 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, so uh, bar and hors d'oeuvres or what are we, uh, what are we, what's, what's the plan? I'm not really sure all the details on all that kind of stuff. I'm not really organizing uh-huh. that part of it, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be a full fledged after hours event party at the, I think it's the main party on Wednesday night. All right. Awesome. I've uh, got my renewal notice in email. Matter of fact, you guys have hit me twice there. So you're looking to refill the coffers, aren't you? Well, we're actually looking to grow beyond that as well. So, so that's why we're doing a panel session at podcast movement. Plus we're doing this party and. But Rob, you need to take back to the company or the team. You guys need to start delivering some of the other stuff you said you were going to deliver because they've just had awards. They haven't really had resources and stuff like that. Well, we're putting together more and more, um, kind of like, uh, kind of professional training activities in the organization. Plus I'm going to be chairing the new global expansion committee. Um, mm-hmm. that's going to, going to be kicking off here soon too. All right. Well, good. So good on that. to try and get, get more participation outside of the U S gotcha. Well, we held a bunch of you all the way to the end. We want to thank you for hanging out here. If you're not following or if you are not yet subscribed, as I like to call it, we definitely want you to get over to newmediashow.com and we want you to follow and or subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice for now. Rob and I aren't going to, maybe we should start leading the pack, Rob. Maybe we should pull our uh, show off one of these platforms just to, to kick it off. But yeah. Just to see what happens. <laughs> Probably nothing. Nothing. No, um, I did want to mention one, one thing, Todd, have you uh, checked out or you tried these new Echo Frame smart glasses? I didn't even know what they are. Um, Amazon announced a, a new prescription um, eyeglasses. They're called smart glasses. The Echo Frame smart glasses uh, that has the Alexa integration in them. Well, you just triggered a whole bunch of devices. I know I did. I'm sorry about that. Um and it's it from what I understand it has a has speaker capability in the in the glasses so you can actually listen to podcasts through um, glasses hmm. from All Amazon right. now. So I'm searching it's Echo Frame Smart Glasses. Oh my God! They have def- definitely not win won the search result on that one. They had a paid ad. How much are they? Two two thirty seven. Something like that. Yeah. And they, you know, okay, I'm, I'm just going to share something with everyone. I'm going to bring those of you watching, please don't take this the wrong way. 
Right. Well, these glasses raise a lot of questions, Todd, when you really think about it. Right. But let me just kind of tell you about when, when I was in the early days of Navy, they had these black rim glasses that they gave all the recruits. And uh, these are, well, Mike knows where I'm going with this. Mike's watching. Um, and matter of fact, I should try to find a picture of those to give you guys a comparison. But we used to call them BC glasses. Do you know what well, that they're stands? Definitely better than the Google Glass. Okay, but from do you, an earlier era, right? Do you know what a, what BC glasses are? Let me try uh, to let me try to find them. Find find the image of them. BC glasses. I'm trying to think of what that oh, would gonna, be an you're, acronym you're, for. Okay, so let me find an image. Because, uh, all right, here we go. This is a this is a Google search. You, you see these? And these are actually kind of modern. They got brown. They're, they're brown frames. Mm -hmm. We call them BC glasses because we call them birth control glasses. Anyone <laughs> where anyone wearing one of these pair of glasses was not getting laid. <laughs> I knew it was an acronym that was going to make me laugh. So here's another, you know, just look at the, look at these styling, these styling glasses. Yeah. There was a standard military issue. Definitely. Uh, yes. <laughs> they call it military drops, BC glasses. <laughs> So there was even, even previous, they're pretty ugly. <laughs> so I'm looking at these ones from Amazon and they kind of resemble, <laughs> they could, they could help. They could use some help with the, uh, with the design. The styling, the styling. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying, Todd? Yeah. I think they need to do a deal with, uh, 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 Warby Parker or somebody or like Oakley that. Oakley or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've worn Oakley's now for three or four, maybe five years. And I, you know, I can't wear contacts. I just can't stand putting anything in my eyeball. I'd have a, I'd have a hard time wearing these, you know? Okay. So here, <laughs> here's the, here's the picture of the one, one of their actors. <laughs> You know, uh, sorry, Amazon, you guys blew it. It's just, I know you're trying to make a unisex pair it's of glasses. It's a first gen. A second gen. So hardware. second gen. Oh, 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 second gen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but. Right. They, they actually kind of look better on the ladies than they do on the guys, but you know. <laughs> Well, if you are expecting these to have like a like a thin rim or something like that, or a thin frame, uh, that's not possible because what you want is you, you want computing power and you want battery. It right? looks to me like so. it's pretty thin, though. It doesn't. Well, it is. It, it, they've mean, they've done a good job of hiding. Right. A L E X A. Yeah. Right. But you can listen to uh, to podcast on your with your frames, huh? They got Bluetooth connectivity to, uh, oh, they've got a blue version too. I mean, oh, it looks like they've got a couple of versions, but they all have the same, you know, same, but $237. I, I, I've already got enough. Well, 
I've already got enough devices on my body that's tracking me and everything else. Do I need another one? Yeah, I think it's also a prescription. Oh, of course, too. yeah. Right. That was a problem with the uh, Google Glasses. It was really, they didn't, till later, they you couldn't get a prescription for them. And it was very hard to get a prescription for them. So, right. but anyway, very, very cool. Anyway, kind of fun. Um, I hope you guys got a laugh out of the BC glasses. And the military guys got it that listen to, and ladies that listen to the show understand. Right. <laughs> So, all right. all right. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. Right. I'm at Geek News. Rob? I can be found on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenlee. And I can be found on Clubhouse at Rob Greenlee as well. Uh, I, I can be reached via email, uh, Rob G at Lipson.com. That's Rob G, not Rob. That'll go to a different Rob. Yeah. So, Rob yeah. G, not Rob. That goes to Rob yeah. Walsh. Yep. That's the problem with having two Robs at the same company. Maybe someday you'll it's... someday you'll graduate and get the the Rob one. Oh well, he's <laughs> he's been at the company a lot longer than I have. So I know, he I know. Get, got it, got it grandfathered in. Yes, he did. You guys would have had to have flipped for it before. All right. right. Um. Anyway, yeah. Get over to newmeshow dot com. Hit the uh, the follow button, subscribe button. And did we did we pique your interest today? If you did, we want to hear some feedback. Or if we're, are we just crazy? That's, you know, that's another possibility as well. And uh, we got about $500 million you want to invest in the podcasting space. We got, you know, you've already given the idea. <laughs> Please give us our finder's fee. So Todd, it could be your next business. Uh, I have a business already. So. Uh, you can have two. Uh, I don't know. I, I no. no. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. We'll see you next time here. We're going to take care. We'll all see right. you next Wednesday okay. here on the new media show. Three o'clock, three o'clock Eastern right. is when we get going or thereabouts or three Oh seven or three ten something like that. All right, everyone. Take mm -hmm. care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. All right, bye.